Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. One thing I read, uh, Scott Kazmar, football outsider, who I've who've liked for a long time, who was throwing out some quarterback stats. I thought you'd appreciate this one, Danny. Uh, QBR in a clean pocket with no pressure. Derek Carr is one of the three worst quarterbacks in the league, at least last year, in how yeah. efficient he was in his numbers. thought you would appreciate that number. Well, that will happen when you break your back. And your O-line is uh, running the opposite direction. Excuses, excuses. Hey, you could call it an excuse, but he came back from that injury in two weeks. And the supposed experts had him out for five to six weeks. So he probably was on the field way before he should have been. It's so you got to give him some credit for Danny, what, for sucking what, it up and going out there. What's the deal with Cleo Mack, man? Like, what, do you, what were the yeah, Raiders for waiting real. for? Well, this has been going on for a couple of seasons now. The Raiders ran out of money because after the one movie pass, the Raiders are movie pass (laughs) after, you know, after that really good season, three seasons ago, everybody wanted to get paid and they had to give Derek Carr that big contract a couple of off seasons ago. Raider fans saw this coming. Everybody knew this was kind of coming because they did not have money left to give Khalil Mack his big payday. So that's why they're still trying to figure out how to give him as much money as he wants right now. I heard this, and tell me if this makes a little bit of sense. So you when when a player gets a signing bonus, it goes into I believe it goes into like an escrow account, right? So you have to you have to kind of or you or the guaranteed money goes into an escrow account. So you always obviously have it available if you ever went under for whatever reason as a team. And the Raiders have to pay that five hundred million dollar relocation fee. Plus, they have yep. some you know, obviously guaranteed money in escrow. They just might not have actual cash to pay Khalil Mack. You, you know, it just shows you 
how rich NFL owners are nowadays. They're multi-billionaires. With well, Mark a Davis, but and, Mark and Davis I, is not. Right, like, and that's what I was about to say. That is haircut's that, definitely not a millionaire's haircut. <laughs> he comes from a royal family. He's not royalty, and he doesn't have mm. that kind of cash. So I think most Raider fans would raise their hands and be in favor of him signing or selling the team away, rather, to a multi-billionaire because nowadays in order to be relevant in the NFL you need to be a billionaire with a B he's just cash strapped going to be interesting to see how this transition to Vegas all plays out a lot of people think that Davis is kind of setting things up to just go ahead and sell the team to that Edelman guy in Las Vegas who knows I don't think Mark Davis wants to sell the team because if you know if you're a thousand air and you own something that's worth millions, would you want to sell that? No, because at the end, you would be a nobody. He's already kind of, uh, you know, a meme. You know, he's laughed at. He's, he's been a joke. If it wasn't for the de facto commissioner, Jerry Jones, would the Raiders even be moving to Las Vegas? The I'm, de facto uh, commissioner, know. well played. Yeah, well, it's true because he, Mark he Davis is. didn't have that pull. He was the odd man out with trying to get the team to L.A., and it made the most sense for the Raiders to come to L.A., but he lost out on that. If it wasn't for Jerry Jones stepping in and saying, yeah, let's go ahead and put a team in Las Vegas, the Raiders probably would not be headed that way. Jerry no, Jones yeah, you're, has you're probably a right. pull. I, you know, coming to Vegas, though, Danny, at least that means Brent Musburger. I don't think you get Brent <laughs> Musburger if you don't go to Vegas. Brent Musburger is one of the reasons I'm in sports media. Him and Dick Emberg are my two all-time favorites in terms of that's who I grew up with. And I, I thought both those guys were able to make anything seem like it was Game 7. I'm going to miss Greg. Fun, I'm going to miss Greg Papa's famous touchdown call. But I can't take it. I can't take it, Danny. <laughs> I, I We used to have to deal with guys like too I, I long. used to. I used to be a board op on Sunday afternoons here in Nashville, and I used to hear the touchdown Raiders and just want to kill myself. <laughs> like, it was absolutely brutal. I think you get used to your play-by-play, uh, your guy, your guy, your play-by-play guy's call. That's probably true. And so that's synonymous now with Raider touchdowns. Also, Lincoln You're- Kennedy won't be falling asleep on air like Tom Flores. <laughs> God, you know what? Tom Flores, though, as an NFL head coach, belongs in the Hall of Fame. It is so ridiculous that he's not there. First Latino head coach to win a Super Bowl. He's won multiple Super Bowls in the NFL, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. He stinks on the air. He's an old codger now. I get all that. But before he passes away, let's please put Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett both in the Hall of Fame. That would be nice. And then... Brent Musburger can take over and I'll feel okay about everything it is weird to me that Brent Musburger is so tied into gambling like that's sort of his whole deal and he just re-upped to continue doing that for the uh, Vegas Sportsbook I think he's working for Westgate out in Las Vegas and he's also going to be doing this I guess there's really nothing because it's not like he has anything to do with the outcome of the game it just seems a little bit strange it's it's not usually something that you see is a broadcaster that's also that tied into the gambling world. But I think we're probably about to see a lot more of it, Jeff. I mean, I think Mississippi later this week is going to become the first state that takes advantage of the new rule. And it's just going to become more and more commonplace. Like what seemed to be a little bit out of bounds or maybe questionable just in terms of integrity is no longer going to be. 
Yeah, Mississippi st- will be the first state in the South for sure. I mean, New Jersey and Delaware. Yeah, in the South, right, of, right, of right, right. Yes. I mean, and look, I think we're moving, and in, in, you know, some you know legislators are out for the summer, so like California just didn't get it done in time, so they're gonna have to wait another year to, to get on, on the ballot, and and I think California will be there. So I mean, I think we'll see twenty twenty five states within two years have gambling um, allowed. I think this signal signals a move to uh, bring Brent back that the NFL is going to, is going to embrace gambling. And if you're, if you're the Raiders and you're building that new stadium, I do not know. It would be, it would be a terrible mistake if you didn't make that stadium gambling friendly. So if you didn't have, uh, what I would do is I would, uh, have a tablet at every seat and allow live, live game betting. Now, wow. the, the, the problem with that, there's a couple issues. One, is how do you set the line so quickly in between plays? It's going to be an issue unless you just have generic, you know, minus one ten lines for everything, um, uh, or you know, or, you know, you do minus one, whatever you do, you you just put a kind of generic line on everything. Um, but that would you a you make a lot of money if you're the Raiders or you're the t- you know you are the partner of the Raiders who's putting these tablets in there. Um, but I would make everything gambling friendly. I would have. Uh, prop bets uh, in the you know, on jumbotron so people can bet before the game. I would just have everything gambling accessible in a new stadium in Las Vegas. How about a brothel right in the middle? Right, of yeah, the that would make total sense. Let's, let's put silver it, let's, and we'll, back. We'll, talk, we'll come up with other ways. You thought about that, next, you, Danny? <laughs> Jason Witten penned a column on Friday entitled "How Twitter Has Become NFL Locker Room Poison." Here is just a small excerpt from that quote. I've seen the negative impact social media can have, particularly on younger players who grew up with Twitter and Instagram as an integral part of life. A player checking Twitter at halftime? I've seen it. A player tweeting out a grievance with an organization about playing time or how he's being utilized? I see it far too often. But the most concerning? Watching a really talented player corrupt his mind and confidence by reading all the critiques from anonymous football experts around the world. Negative social media can ruin a player. Reading your mentions, it's poison. And then Jeff, he goes on to say positive things and say, look, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. J.J. Watt did a lot of great things for Houston when it was devastated by the floods. And we've seen, you know, Kickstarters and GoFundMes and things that have been greatly benefited by social media. There's a lot of positives in terms of the news when you find it from the right sources. There is certainly a lot of negativity as well, but I think overall... The takeaway, and I've said this for a long time, when I have an opportunity to back away from social media, I do it. When I take a vacation, I usually take a vacation from social media for the entire time. I've done multiple experiments over the last 12 months in which I've taken multiple weeks off of Twitter completely, where I remove the icon and put it deep into a folder somewhere else on my phone so that even when my muscle memory tries to tell me to go there, I end up going somewhere else and playing Sudoku instead or having to close that app back. Because, and this is the way I've always laid it out, if you go on social media, you're going to find the worst, not in not just in everybody else, but in yourself. Because your pride takes over. Your envy can take over. Your anger can take over. Your I want to be argumentative can take over. And when it comes to pride, you start tweeting things that really you don't need to tweet. And I'm not talking about the kind of stuff Josh Hader tweeted out. I'm just saying you feel the need to be heard or just for people to see you as opposed to saying things where it actually makes some kind of sense. 
Like there are things where you can actually add value, but there are plenty of times where you should just stay quiet, where you just want to argue or whether you just want to have your name out there on this Twitter marquee. But I think that the bigger issue and it's big it's become more prevalent I would say as the years have passed and Twitter and Facebook and all of those things have become more popular is that people care so much about what nobody thinks of them. And by nobody, I mean everybody that you don't know that's on Twitter. You care what these people that have 100 followers think. You care what anybody thinks that you've never met, that would never say this stuff to you in person, that would definitely never say it to your face, that might not even say it to you privately in a DM, that would only say it in this sort of more social, more bulletin boardish kind of deal. But the fact that NFL players and athletes would care at all about what people think of them that they would never meet, to me, is very, very sad. All right. Well, I think there's so much to digest here, and I typically agree with you. You know, to, to Jason Wooden piece, um, you know, we're in a society now of instant gratification, right? So, you know, he he said reading your negative mentions can ruin a player. I'd even argue that reading positive mentions can ruin a player too, because it overinflates your ego, it overinflates your confidence, it overinflates how good you are as a player. And I do think it's tough now with kids growing up with, with social media; they want that gratification now. And, and, and I'm going to take a step further and okay, move away from social media for a second. I'll explain how, like in the NFL locker room, I've seen this happen away from social media. So. We used to just watch film, right? We have to be in a meeting room or to watch film. Or maybe they gave us a DVD to take home. I remember getting DVDs to take home. Never watched it. No one ever watched the DVDs. We watched film in the facility, right? So when you play on Sunday, you watch the film on Monday. That's part of the routine. Or maybe you go in, you know, maybe you have a, a Monday off as a victory Monday. You don't watch film till Wednesday. Now, if you're a good vet, you come in Monday, you watch the film anyways. Um, now with iPads, Jason, guys are watching the film on the airplane flying home. Like guys demand, the video guys, give them their iPads with the game loaded up. And people are like, you want to watch this? I go, no. We're going to watch it tomorrow with our coaches. Why do I need to watch it now? Why do I, the the guys want to know if things are good or bad right now. I was totally content with just waiting till tomorrow. Like we're going to watch it tomorrow anyways. I just played the game two hours ago. I know what I did and what I didn't do. There's nothing to watch. Um, and so guys want, like they crave uh, attention right now. And that's a part of an issue with social media. Maybe it's because those kids have grown up in the era of, of, um, of social media. And look, I've seen guys check their Twitters and, and at halftime, look, it's, it's fantastic to get praise. It's fantastic, right? We win a big game um, and and everyone is you know blowing up your Twitter, how great you are. Jeff Schwartz, you're fantastic. Great win, blah, blah, blah. Right? And I'm, I tweet out after a game, great, great win, Giants, whatever, right? And people love it and I, I loved it too. And I I knew also how to play to the crowd. My brother would text me all the time and say like, you don't, you, what are you doing? You don't believe some of that stuff. I go, yeah, I know, but fans love it, right? I mean, the fans eat, eat, eat it up. So, I agree with him that it can be poison. Um, it can also be poison in, in a way that he talked about it with what Des Bryant was doing. Uh, and that's separately. He's not actually on the team right now. But guys get an overinflated ego with how good they are. They think they should be playing over someone else. All these fans tell you, hey, Jeff Schwartz, you should be playing instead of instead of this guy. And, and then you get in your head 
oh maybe I should maybe he's he's not good like you know it just it, it messes with your with your mind um, and he's right there is some positive from social media obviously what JJ Watt has done but you have to really understand what social media is and you have to understand and he made a good point here we've talked about this and I know Clay has hammered this home as well social media is not real life right um, we saw in the election we see with politics what happens on social media it's an echo chamber and it's often one one direction and it's often not indicative of, of life outside social media so um, I agree with with what he said um, I think young players do have issues with um, with using social media too much um, I do think it's taken away from camaraderie in locker rooms as guys are on their phones all day um, and I'm glad he wrote this piece I, I hope young guys can take it to heart and really think about the way they use social media I think we see two things you talk about social media not being real life and that's absolutely true the vast majority of people in this country don't care about social media at all and the loudest voices are the ones that we see and because we're in the media it's where we kind of have to find ourselves but i think you see two different versions of social media you see the very unrealistic airbrushed version of everybody on social media you see exactly what they want you to see you don't see the reams of photos that sucked you see the one that looked good. You see everything that's great about the family. You don't know all the problems that are going on behind the scenes. Everyone is trying to sell themselves as better than you. That's, again, pride, in my opinion, taking over. That's one side of social media. The other side of social media is the extremes. We see the very real, but we see it in an anonymous context. Most people aren't themselves either way. But you see the ugliness. You see those two extremes. What you don't generally see... Now, I try you know, not to really tweet anything that doesn't really reflect who I am. And I no longer wade into politics whatsoever on social media. I'm done with that. There's so many tweets I compose that are political, and I just don't send them because it's not right. I want to get something really quick, Jason, before you finish your point. No, go Um, right ahead. You and and you you made the point I was I, you were talking that long you know you started the segment off and there was a point you made I want to I want to touch on that you you brought it back right now, um, the the need to comment on everything in social media is something when I was young on social media I thought was necessary, and I right. found the more I do social media I don't have to comment on everything I don't have to have an opinion on every topic and that's why I don't tweet about every topic because I don't have to I don't have to have an opinion on it and you know I do a ton of media. And in, in my course of doing a lot of media, you know, I get asked questions about everything. And sometimes I just say, especially on NFL radio, you know, people call in, hey, how's this player going to be this year? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on that yet. I have to see the kid play or, or, or maybe something happens on social media and you just, you just don't care. You don't, ha- you don't have to offer an opinion on every single thing that happens. And you also have to know, and there's times where, where I, I have an opinion that might be counter to the popular narrative on social media, and it's just not worth my time to tweet it out. I mean, there's many things, and, and I, I'm sure we'll touch on the Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott thing. I have an right. opinion on that that's not popular to social media, and I was going to tweet about it, and just like it's just not worth it. Like it doesn't, it's not going to gain me any attention really. I'm just my mentions are going to be blown up. It's just not worth it. So. It's just if you're listening to this, you don't have to comment on everything on social media. Like my job is obviously vast. I do a lot of things, but you don't have to you don't have to have an opinion on everything that happens in this world. Matter of fact, you're better off not. And you have to understand that 
you will go on Twitter and you will see people that comment on everything and take photos of their dinner and have literally something to say about the most minute machinations of life. And you'll roll your eyes and say, nobody cares, man. And then you'll turn around and tweet out a bunch of stuff nobody cares about. That's the thing. We don't see it in ourselves. But if you can just back away from social media long enough, the 30-second rule to me is the rule everyone should follow. And some people should follow even more than the 30-second rule. But before you send out a tweet, look at it for 30 seconds and think about it. And not just necessarily because of what it could do to you later. But my consideration, because there'll be some tweets where I will just kind of get that itch, and I'll be like, I've got to be heard on this, and I'll put a tweet out, but I won't actually tweet it, and I'll look at it, and I'll just be like, do you really need to say that? And nine times out of ten, the answer, if I really give myself time, is no. And I will erase it, and I will back away. People that incessantly need all of this, this is the quote that, that I have adopted to explain this it's not mine i don't know who originally came up with it but to me it contextualizes social media perfectly folks social media is not mandatory you can back (laughs) away from it you don't have to tweet you don't have to facebook you don't have to do anything on insta on instagram if you feel like you need to be in the know then you can follow it. Right. You know, you can follow the people that you want to without actually having to comment. It's not going to hurt your life right. if you just stay quiet. In fact, if you only tweet when you really have something valuable to say, to me it's my philosophy on radio as well, and I think Clay shares it, and I think uh, maybe you share it as well, Jeff. When I started my show in Nashville here five weeks ago, I told people on the first show what the mission of my show was. And the mission was, I'm not going to waste your time. And the second mission was, I'm not going to bring on a guest every day just to fill time. I'm not going to bring on a guest. I'm going to talk. And when there's somebody that I think has value, can bring something new to the conversation, can make me more intelligent, can make them more intelligent, can speak to something in a unique way, then I'll bring that person on. But I'm not just going to rotate through a car wash a bunch of guests. And I feel the same way about social media. If it's used rare and it's used effectively, it can be incredibly valuable. But far too many people abuse it and don't even realize that they're abusing it and that they're harming themselves and that they're living life behind a screen. I mean, that's why the BBC series originally and the one that's on Netflix now is called Black Mirror, because the phones in our hands are mirrors. And when you look at the phone when it's off, you see your own reflection. It's the idea of living inside of technology letting it encroach upon your life and this is not old man get off my lawn stuff this is there is an actual world out there that is real where people have feelings and it has nothing to do with about 95 percent of the crap you see on social media i liked your 30 second policy you just said so i have my own it's not it's sort of like the 30 second policy but if i if i can pose a tweet and i don't hit send right away then that means the tweet's not good that's pretty good too like if I compose a tweet, especially if it's a controversial subject or I try to make a joke and I'm not really quite sure how to tweet about it or, or, or you know, there's a, a popular thing to tweet about and I just, I'm trying to think of a funny or clever way to do it and I just, I can't do it. I don't send the tweet. Like, it's plain and simple. I just don't send the tweet. Um, and I think your comment about the good and, and bad in life and how we portray it on social media is, is very interesting uh, because I... I think people enjoy my social media because I do talk about m- multiple things. I don't always share the best. I don't share 
and I share some of the worst. I don't have a lot of worst in my life, but I, I talk about it. I know you have as well. I mean, you've talked about obviously sure. your struggles with weight, and you've lost that weight now, most of that weight now, which is which is fabulous. Um, and you, you just don't have to share everything. I, I try to tell people, and people think that I share a lot of my life on social media. I share like five percent of my life. I don't share everything. I'm I'm not big into Instagram really and Facebook I just use for my athlete page to post offensive line videos essentially which people love there's a huge offensive line community out there um but yeah I just I don't have the energy to post on all these platforms I use Twitter mostly it's helped me in my job immensely um but I can't like you know I, I have people tell me like you need to be more active on on Instagram what I don't have like I, I don't have the mental energy to be to spend my day on Twitter and then also Instagram and also Facebook I don't know how people do it all three of them I was just thinking about this. I think we're getting to a spot where, you know, right now records and vinyl have kind of gotten popular again. They're starting, what what was once old is now becoming new again. We're seeing those kinds of trends. I think at some point it's going to become trendy again to stay quiet and live a quiet life. I think that some people assume that if you have this many Twitter followers, if right. you're whatever, and you have 39 million Twitter followers, that you have real power. You do have influence, and you do have a lot of fans. You know what true power is? True power is not giving a damn whether or not you have a social media presence or not because you're fulfilled in your actual life. And I think eventually people are going to realize that. If you can balance it and do both... That's good, but I think there are far too many people that have gotten addicted to the sound of their own voice through a keyboard, and that is not grand. That's not good at all. No, it's it's not. And um, you know, it's I don't know if we're ever going to go back, though, Jason. I don't know if we're ever going to go back to people deciding not to be on social media. I mean, we've seen that there have been you know reporters in the political sphere that have said I'm off social media, which I don't know if they really are going to be off social media. Yeah. Um, there definitely is a toxic side of that, and I, I'm hoping that we get to a point where, you know, the powerful people in our country um, can kind of tone back the narrative. I don't know when that's going to be, but I think that would help social media just kind of calm down a little bit. Um, I, I know it's wishful thinking. It might never happen. I, I think about this all often. Like, when are we going to get back to just, like, normal discourse, when we can just talk and have disagreements and not scream at each other and yell at each other on social media and call people names. I don't know if we're ever going to go back, um, but I do kind of wish we could do that because I, I, I do like having conversations with people on social media, but you can tell right away when someone's trying to argue with you and when they're just trying to have a discussion with you. And I just mute the people that want to argue. I just can't do it, man. Yeah. I don't have the energy to argue with people all day about something. If you're open to discussion, sure. And the one thing, that, you know, since we're airing out social media gripes, one other thing is, I've talked about this often. Like, th- there's no nuance anymore, right? But some some topics require more than 280 characters. So you yeah. have to think. When if I tweet something out about football, sometimes think beyond the characters I give you. Like, there's there's more to just w- at times. And people and it frustrates the heck out of me is people cannot think past like what. I literally tweeted and think about everything else that's involved with my tweet. They literally just read that tweet and they're like, this is wrong, but don't realize the bigger picture of the tweet. It happens. I mean, yesterday I got in this whole spat with CrossFitters over PEDs. Um, just, they just like missed my point completely because they, they saw what I said. They thought it was offensive, uh, but didn't realize like that. I, that that's not really the point I was trying to make. It's, it's always frustrating about social media. Somehow, because we were talking about Post Malone, 
we started talking about tattoos, and that led us into Twitter, and it led us into events in sports in particular, because we know the 9-11s and the Pearl Harbors and the John F. Kennedy assassinations and, and those kinds of moments would have broken social media. But we're trying to narrow down what would have just absolutely rocked social media or brought it to a crawl, like yeah. large sports events. And we've got some good tweets, and we've also got some pretty good uh, phone calls. Let's let's go ahead and get them in right now. Ryan in Philadelphia waiting patiently for us this morning. Ryan, how are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I think number one, without a doubt, and I don't think it's even close, is OJ. Like, starting oh, yeah. with the first... Mm. The first pre- the first press conference, then Kardashian's note, then the chase, then the verdict. I think it would would have literally uh, turned it upside down. Yeah, uh, Ryan, I, I think you're right. I live. I think you're um, totally right. Like three to four miles away from where the murders happened, and I have to drive up Bundy all the time. That's yeah, I think it's Bundy up Bundy all the time, um, and. It was crazy how many people were outside that house for years until they redid it. Um, it. It would have been a huge. It would have been huge on Twitter. Could you ever drive down Bundy even now and not think of OJ? I don't think I could. I mean, obviously, I've oh, never no, done I, it before, no, I, so I would. I would definitely think of it. It's like going to Dallas and not thinking of Kennedy when you're, you know, right uh, there on no. the street. Oh, every time I every time I drive by, I think about it. Now I don't. Now my my friend who lived down that down that way is not there anymore, so I don't think about it as much because I don't go see him as much anymore. Um, but I would one hundred percent think about it every time that I drove down uh, near near you know right. You drive by it. You literally drive. But now the thing is redone. I know exactly where it is. Of course, it's across from a Ralph's. It's in Pro- I mean, I know where it is. Um, but there's no way you don't think about it. Let's see what Joe and San Fran has for us this morning. Joe, you're on OutKick. What say you? Yeah, I got um, Carrie Strug in the 96 Olympics when she landed, and her mm-hmm. she hurt her foot when she landed. The the whole Olympics in 96 being in America, I think that would have blew up as well. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good one as well. That's a more positive one. It seems like I would say most of the negative stuff is what would really break Twitter. One of the people tweeted us and said Bill Buckner. And the oh, Red Sox, yeah. that would have been like an ultimate meme. And I was just thinking when you were talking about Kerry Strug, what about Tanya Harding and that whole situation yeah. when it broke? That would have probably been another example, kind of a minor OJ and just a side note. And I've talked about this before. I don't think I ended up writing about it for Outkick back in the day, but I, Tanya, is well worth your time if yeah, you haven't seen good. it. Truly very, yeah. very well I, done. You know, I, I'm not sure that some – negative stories would be great to have on Twitter though. Like I'm not sure the Buckner because everyone all people would have done is crush Bill Buckner, right? Now some people would have said, well, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Like I, I disagree that nine eleven would have been good on social media. I think it would have been it would have been a terrible thing to have on social media. I'm not saying it would have been good. I'm saying it would have broken it. Like broken it doesn't yeah. broken it means just the level of commentary oh, yes. coming through. I'm not yes. saying from a quality standpoint. Yeah, I I think that would have been horrendous. Um yeah, no, from yes, of course. I mean, I think we all remember where we were. So yeah, it would have been, it would have been, um, it would have broken Twitter. Uh, where were you? So I was. Since so, we're just way off on a tangent, right? Well, now, I was. Since you so said I'm, that. On, I'm on the West Coast, and we were. I was driving to school, um, and we either heard about it on the radio, 
or it, it already it already happened before I left. And we we weren't we were not a family that watched TV in the morning. Like my family didn't turn on the news in the morning. Now they might do it now, and they might they watch news at night. But I don't remember us being a family that had the TV on in the morning. Maybe we did. I forget. But we we knew about it at some point. I remember getting to school. And, you know, so it was like 7 a.m., so the towers had already been struck, and I'm not sure if they were down or not. We were all talking about, uh, in the quad, talking about what happened, and there was a theory floating around that there were planes coming to Los Angeles, too. And so all the kids we were talking about, where would they come to Los Angeles? Would, would they hit Disneyland? Would they go to downtown? We didn't know. No one knew, right? right of course, what right, was happening. Right. And then they wheeled in the TVs, you know, into the room. If you, you if you, uh, people that are listening are, might be old enough to remember, they used to wheel the TV. Remember, they wheeled the TV in the room um, yes. when there was a substitute teacher there. And so we were watching it. And then they canceled school about 9 a.m. And all the parents came back and picked us up. And then obviously um, we watched uh, on, on our televisions. But, you know, I was, of course, it was early in the morning in Los Angeles uh, still. Um, Pretty surreal to think about, and um, I've been to I've, the, the memorial in New York is something you should do if you've ever in Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's pretty moving, uh, pretty remarkable to see um, all the uh, you know just all the artifacts from that day, from the days that that um, from the days afterwards, and then you know, the footprint of the World Trade Center. I've been to the World Trade Center before it, it fell, but the footprint of how they're just two little they kept the footprints of them, right? Um, where they, and it's they're mad. It's crazy to think how big those buildings were. Danny, where were you on 9-11? I was Do at home. Remember? Yeah, oh, of course. I mean, that's something right. that changed all of our lives. I was at right. home, and uh, the girl that I was in a two-year relationship with at the time, she was from New York. And so you can imagine her horror and her frantically trying to get through to her family and back then, technology is was obviously nowhere near what it is today. So all the phone lines were jammed. Everything was busy. Obviously, social media didn't exist. So there was no way to get a hold of family. She was freaked out to the point where I couldn't even watch the TV coverage because it bothered her so much. Mm. So I missed out on the TV coverage, which I guess is not such a bad thing, maybe looking back. But... I did have anxiety because I was wondering what was going on. She's like, just turn it off. I can't even look at it. I can't even look at it. So it was freaked out in my household for that reason. And so it left a lasting impression for sure. Roberto, where were you? I was uh, waking up and uh, seeing my mom watching the news in the living room. And it's just complete shock. Yeah, me, I was living in Asheville, North Carolina, trying to go back to school for the second time. It was the third time where it actually stuck, where I got my degree back in 2013 as a fully grown adult for sure. But I uh, was obviously planning to go to class that morning, and I woke up, but my alarm had not gone off, and it made no sense to me. I wasn't sure what was going on, and then I smelled breakfast coming from the kitchen, and my two roommates, I heard them talking. And I looked up, and I saw the time on the clock, and it was like 10 a.m., I was like, well, I guess I've missed class. Then I walked in there and I saw the television and I saw, you know, footage of what had happened already. And my roommates just said, yeah, we, we walked in your room and turned off your alarm clock. Just thought we'd let you sleep as long as you could before you saw this. And so obviously that changed the rest of the day. And we sat there and ate breakfast together and, and talked about it. And then 
stunningly, I had to work because the job that I had at that point in time was delivering pizza to make extra money. And that day, Domino's raked in cash hardcore because no one left the house. Everyone stayed at home. And so ordering pizza was the easiest thing you could do. Nobody even wanted to fix meals. Like Nobody wanted to be doing absolutely anything at that point because everyone was frightened. They didn't know what was coming next. They wanted to hear every word. I mean, there were superstars made that day in media. No one knew who Aaron Brown was before his coverage on CNN that day. And he ended up getting all sorts of you know his own shows and things like that because of the way he handled coverage that day, but I remember delivering pizza that night and getting the biggest tips of my life. And I didn't do it for very long because it wasn't a safe way to make a living. And it, you know, it'll take take away your car. But I mean, people were handing me twenty dollar bills on a fairly regular basis because of the unification. It was just like we know you don't want to be working right now. But it was wall to wall pizzas until that place closed and after because everybody in the world was in one place. They were all inside their homes. They were nowhere else. Yeah, Why is it not safe? Oh, because you get robbed for your oh, okay. pizza yeah. money. I had a, I had two guns pulled on me the second time I was done. <laughs> Jeff, there's not that many times where even radio station staff get sent home. In this case, uh, it was one of my first full-time radio jobs back then when, when I was a kid. And the staff was sent home. Because even on our FM hip-hop radio station, they just simulcasted our news station. Yeah, of course. Our our AM news station. So for days, days, it was just our AM news station on our FM station. Like the one thing that, the reason why I don't think social media would have been good for 9-11 is the, like the rushed... The conspiracy theories would have been the problem. Like, yeah, like the rush to judgment and the conspiracy theories... Would have been just too, be even too overwhelming, I think, for us to handle with the tragedy that just happened, and then trying to like, obviously it was pretty obvious early on. I think you did it, but just nonetheless, I mean, if 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 you remember even the 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 Boston bombing the marathon. Oh yeah. I mean, social oh, media yeah. pinpointed three people that were not involved at all, at all, and they found you know Reddit and and all and all the online blogs and Twitter, and they found these three guys. They weren't the three guys. It was obviously the, two, the, the 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 brothers. So like that type of thing. That's why I think social media would have been really bad for nine eleven. Now you talk about breaking nine. Yeah, breaking Twitter. Yes, it would have broken Twitter. But just it would have been. It would have not been good for us to have that medium during that time. If Dimitri's still there, let's get him first before we take this break. I think he has a thought on another event in sports that might have broken Twitter. Dimitri in Phoenix next on Outkick. Dimitri, what say you? How you doing, my friend? I think you still owe me a pizza, my friend. I owe you a pizza? <laughs> I think so. But listen, I think, I think Phoenix this. was a little out of my delivery zone there, pal. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. This would have definitely broke Twitter. And I told you a guy would have started World War Two, but they already had World War Two by then, so it would have been World War Three. But what about Russia and the United States and the Olympic basketball? Oh, my goodness. Ooh, yeah. The Doug Collins game? Oh, wow. oh my oh. goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it got yeah. started. Yeah, no, that's that's really good, really good. We've had some other good ones come in as well, especially on Twitter. You can follow me at jmartzone. You can follow Jeff at g e o f f Schwartz. You can follow Danny at Danny G Radio. I don't know what you where you can follow Roberto. I know he's got a Twitter account. Everybody's got a Twitter account. Roberto, what's your Twitter account? Uh, Rob underscore Raider twenty four. 
Oh, he's got an underscore. Don't follow him. We'll be right back. I'll kick the coverage. Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 